Money, a podcast network that understands the assignment. The Alive Podcast Network has launched the world's first content distribution app tailored by and for podcasters and listeners of color. Subscribers will enjoy a wide variety of shows ranging from spiritual to comedic to inspirational. Podcasters can house their content and merch in one spot and monetize from a central location. Visit AlivePodcastNetwork.com coming soon to iOS and Android. Sign up today to get a six-month subscription for $20. You can thank me later. Today, I got to interview a personal friend and mentor, a self-proclaimed financial contrarian, Curtis May. He has been in the life insurance industry for over 35 years and has read more books than anyone I've ever met. Um, He knows a lot about a lot, but today we really broke down what the infinite banking concept is and what it isn't. Uh, just to cut through a lot of the noise out there. So um, I hope you get a lot of value. I hope that you follow up on his reading list. Um, those book recommendations are clutch. Um, and I, I hope you enjoy this episode. I, of course, uh, enjoyed asking all my questions and having them answered. So hopefully uh, you learn a lot from this. Thanks for joining today. Hey, happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. Of course. You know, I really wanted to have this uh, discussion with you um, <laughs> to cause a little bit of industry trouble. As you know, um, you know, you are a very, very experienced um, life insurance professional um, who has basically been in the infinite bank industry for what over a decade is when uh yeah so i've been working with uh doing you know progressing through that uh for about was it 12 years now about 2009 or 10 12 13 years and but i've been in the industry about 30 i hate to say 35 years let's say i was (laughs) i was uh I realized the NBA wasn't looking for 5'11 shooting guards in 1985, so I got my insurance license. And so I basically did. So let's start with here. I the, the I was like Dave Ramsey on steroids. I I I ended up becoming a regional vice president with a company that should be remain nameless, but basically I was the buy term invested difference guy. Okay, and so I've been in the industry long enough to tell you for a fact that don't work. Okay, and uh uh. You know, and I read a little purple book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and then that kind of shifted my thinking about, you know, is what I'm doing, what he's talking about. And then I discovered Kim Butler, uh, who's one of my mentors, and she, on his tapes, like his, well, tapes, I'm dating myself, y'all. Because, uh, <laughs> not tapes, the um, <laughs> no, cause, uh, CDs, CDs, I mean, Choose CDs to be Rich. still a little dated. Yeah, I still date it, right? And uh, so, well, not as bad as cassettes, right? And so... <laughs> You know, choose to be rich. And so it was Sharon Lecter, Diane Kennedy, and Kim Butler talking about that. And so Kiyosaki was doing stuff and he was sending people to Kim, you know, teaching what we do with, with the insurance. And so I started following her and then I, I went to a Nelson Nash workshop in like 2011 ish. So I've been, he used to teach a two day, 10 hour workshop and you know, a local uh, advisor here in Pennsylvania PA was gracious enough to let me attend, even though I wasn't part of his his, his group. And um, why well, to pay him? So he wasn't that gracious. But <laughs> the uh, uh, but it, you know, you I kind of got in a while, you know, based on the book before. Like now, you it's a buzzword. It, oh, IBC Infinite Banking. Nobody heard right. about it then. Right. And they didn't know what the hell I was talking about. Go back to Nelson Nash because. I think most people would be pretty familiar with Rich Dad's advisors. They've all kind of gone on to make uh, pretty notable careers for themselves. But um, who is Nelson Nash as it relates to the concept of infinite banking? So Nelson is the founder of this stuff. So when people ask me about infinite banking, I say, well, have you read the book? Even other advisors, oh, they're telling why this will work better. That work better. Well, dude, have you read the book? Uh, no. Then what the hell are we talking about then? Because you don't even have a point of reference. I was on a clubhouse with his, with his young guy and he's, he's trying to compare it. And I was like, well, have you read the original book? 
No, because if you read it, you understand it's not about life insurance. Okay. Banking is a concept. So, it's, you know, we, it pros drives us both crazy, all the nonsense you hear on IG and stuff about, oh, I got this great insurance and use the stock market and blah, blah, blah. And so Nelson would turn over in his grave. But so Nelson, what happened was Nelson, if you reread the story, the book is a book about ownership. All right. About a business where you're both the consumer and the user. So he talks about the grocery store in the first part of the book. And um, talk, but what what happened was how what birthed it, Nelson was in the real estate business. Nelson was in the in the land business. He was a forester, right? And so he was doing flipping land and doing these, these deals. But he said all these geniuses out there, oh, use leverage, right? And so at one point, this is like 78, 79, the rates went from like eight to like 23. And so he was caught out there owing like a half a million dollars at like 23% interest. Right. Which were like 800,000 because one of his partners was the prominent attorney in Birmingham bankrupted. So he ended up owing 800 grand. And he, his, the interesting thing was, he says, all right, what am I going to do? He says, the idea came to him at three in the morning after spending a lot of times on his knees in prayer. You know, if you hear Nelson talk about it and he calls them, how can I get rid of these snakes and dragons? So is what he calls them. So he had been used to paying permanent insurance premiums. So he's paying about, this is big in late seventies, 18, $20,000 a year of, of policies, right? And then it came to him, wait, I can get money in these policies I've accumulated at, you know, seven, eight percent where I could control it and I can get rid of these snakes and dragons. So in his mind, and it took me like three years to understand this. So when I talked to him, I was like, wait, because most people say, well, all right, I got to cut back on this stuff because they see insurance as expense. He says, I need to rearrange my finances. And he determined he need to pay a hundred thousand dollars in premium right because you know and to get the half million dollars he needed and so it took him about eight ten years to get enough money in the cap capitalize his policy enough so he could take policy loans pay off the debt and then he would systematically recapture the debt because we're you're the because what happens with banking it's a process most people don't know it because here's the thing about nelson let me finish that thought nelson was doing this so he He's quote unquote retired from the insurance business and 19 in 2000. Right. And so the book is his course he was teaching. And he just put it into a book form and uh, and it's not for insurance agents. All right. It's for the consumer. Right. First of all, and he had been doing this for 25, 30 years. So it wasn't like he wrote a book. He hadn't used the commercial bank for anything other than a checking count for about 25 years. Okay. And uh, he, you know what I mean? So that's significant because this wasn't, he, he had been doing this. So he's a, we study something called Austrian economics. There's so much mentally behind this stuff and selling insurance. Most people out there have no clue. They don't know how the contracts works. They don't know the economic philosophy behind it. And so Nelson, because he was an Austrian saw the process of what he says, look, the, the policy works kind of like a bank. It's just a place to store cash so you can control the money that flows through your life. And so what he realized that while everybody's running around thinking about investing, 35 cents of every dollar leaves your household in a form of debt to others. So, you know, the first thing you need to do is recapture money that you're giving away. And so that's kind of like the first thought process of that. And then if you, and he says, listen, if you solve for your need for finance, your car's your vacations, your wherever, you'll you'll have way more insurance than a lot of times the insurance company will allow you to, to have, right? But the thing is, if you will, uh, re if you think about a car, right? So you might, let's say this is a $30,000 car. I know y'all all are balling out there and it's a $50,000 car. And let's say over the next, um, let's use round numbers, 10 years, you'll buy, uh, over the next rest of your lifetime, let's say you buy 10 more of those over over your working lifetime. So that's half a million dollars gone. Okay. Not just the money gone, but now the interest you paid to somebody else's financial institution. And this is what people don't count the opportunity cost of what that five hundred dollars dot five hundred thousand dollars would have been worth had you been able to keep it. Right. That's what you're solving for. How can I keep this half a million dollars in my 
personal economy. Let me stop so there. And so that that's what I learned right. from him. And if you had to summarize the infinite banking concept. So I just did. No, just kidding. Go well, ahead. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. Go ahead. <laughs> just like breaking it down, what it is and what it isn't, because there is so much noise out there. And it is like a buzzword now. And, you know, as you said, this was a concept developed by someone who most people who are now using the buzzword never read the book become your own the original yeah yeah right so they kind of took a concept and you know morphed it so you know you 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 are meant i would say uh bastardize it might be a better word (laughs) and uh (laughs) so so here's here's the thing banking is really simple so first let's separate the, the, the the process of banking from the product of life insurance because people think they're one and the same Right. Okay. Right. And oh, so in banking, banking is a, a think storage. So you have blood banks, you have food banks. Well, one of the things Nelson says, your money has to reside somewhere. So right. it can reside. You would you want it to reside in the stock market? Well, that's very volatile. Do you want it to reside in real estate? Well, what's, you know, now you've got to qualify to get your money back out. If, if you're, you're saying, well, I'm in real estate. You own real estate. Real estate is an asset class, but that's not where you store your liquidity. All right. And so banking is creating a pool of money, pool of capital that you control that can move at cost to meet some needs you have. Okay. So that's all banking is. See, because all everybody on this call, you're already banking. Okay. You just don't own the bank. Okay. You don't own the, see, we rent the banking function to, as Nelson says, to fools. Right. And so that are now they're counterfeiting and using fractional reserve banking. And I'm even getting all that kind of stuff. That's go, go read the creature from Jekyll Island. And um, so I'm just going to keep the basis of what y'all think banking is. So banking is three parts. There's three players in the play, as Nelson was says, there's the saver, there's the bank and there's the borrower. Okay. So now the saver, the saver, meaning when you make, get paid or you get your rents or you get your commissions, all of your revenue is going, you go hit somebody's checking account and it's being stored in somebody's bank. Let's say Bank of America or Wells Fargo, wherever, right? And then most of us borrow money, credit cards, buy mortgages, right? And so they'll pay you. We show example, I'm doing a webinar tonight and in the, in the workshop, I see, listen, you know, Bank of America, they had a, tr- this is a 2019 called the Bauer Report, had a trillion dollars in assets. Okay. They had, they paid out $9.3 billion in interest, an average of 0.88% to people. And when you put money in the bank, which you, people don't understand, you're loaning them your money. Interest is what they pay you to rent your money. Okay. Right. And then, but they made $60 billion. Okay. Uh, uh, putting your money to work. Right. So that spread because it, so they, and the average is about 5.8%. People are like, oh, big deal, 5%. No, that's like a 60, 160% markup. Right. So if you went to a hardware store and you could get a hammer for 88 cent wholesale and you sell it for $5.80, that's a 660% markup. That's a good business. So it's all about velocity. How many times can you turn that, that, that inventory over is, and so we've got to think about velocity. So, People think one of the things Nelson says, banking is not about rates of return. Okay. Banking is not about investing. Now you can do that from your capital base, but it's not about, so people say, oh, this, this, uh, and so what, let me, let me tie that in a bow. So it's using one is building capital and it's using properly structured. So this is as a practitioner of IBC. Right. So people that say all other stuff is, oh, I got this new thing. It works better. You know, give me something that's been around 200 years. I don't, cause, you know, so properly structured dividend paying whole life insurance with a mutual company. Okay. So right away, just those statements, I've narrowed the field from about 2,000 companies to less than 20. Now, why are okay? those factors that you mentioned, why are those so important? Like, so properly structured because they have to be structured for cash under the what we call the MEC limit, under the, the limit that the IRS says that if you structure this wrong, they'll treat the money like a 401k from with the same penalties, rules, and regulation. One, properly structured. 
dividend paying, we use mutual companies, right? So mutual companies are owned by the policyholders. So there's two types of companies, mutual and stock companies. So what you want to do is I want to be on the same page, right? Because they're beholden to the stockholders. I'm not saying they're going to do the wrong thing, but a mutual company pays dividends. They're, well, right. Their they're mutual companies pays dividends. They're participating, right? Kind of like a credit union also. You have members, right? And so what happens is when the, the company, they accept premiums, they've got to pay the claim. So they're 100% reserved. So if you have a million dollars death benefit, they have a million dollars to pay that claim. It's not like a bank, you know, where ain't no money in there. It's, they, they're 100%. Yeah, right. It's 100% uh, backed up for whatever they do. They, they got the money, right? But they have to put the money to work, right? So they have operations costs. They've got salary. They've got, they, you know, they're investing money. The, they, you know, the insurance is all based on actuarial science. So let's say they, they've, I'm just going to use like single numbers, but let's say they've, uh, they're conservative in how they manage money. So let's say they they built the, the policy as if they were going to have 150 claims, death claims that they had to pay out. And so they're overbooking. They already know actuarially how many people are going to die at 40, how many, because man to masses is highly predictable, right? And so what they'll do is they'll say, okay, well, at the end of the year, they'll say, well, all right, well, our, our portfolio did well and we've paid all the salaries and oh our mortality was only 110 people died so now there's a surplus because they built it for 150 so now they look at the end of the year and they go okay let they hold some back for reserves and then they pay a dividend see so you back out and we use the dividends to buy more cash so see i like that because you know the dividends aren't guaranteed but there's no mutual companies missed a dividend over 100 years okay Whole life is companies don't pay dividends. They just keep that themselves for the shareholders. Is that how it works? Yeah. Well, it's there to benefit the shareholders, right? Just like the bank, like the regular bank. So you, 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 the bank is earning a profit, but you don't own the bank. So you don't participate in the bank's profits. So that's why banking is really, it's more of a mindset. And then it's a process. You know, we teach it's a system of cash flow management, right? It's not about, Oh, my policy is doing 12%, you know, cause I got this IUL and you know, that kind of stuff. That's, that's not. So when you, when people are talking about that, they're not, if, so listen, if you mention banking and IUL in the same sentence, you're not doing banking. Okay. You are, cause when up. you go through the practitioner's program, you almost got to put your hand on the Bible and say, you know, I will never sell IUL, at least not in the context of infinite okay. banking. <laughs> Let's go over what is IUL just for anyone who's not. Um, in the industry and why does anyone claiming to put together these infinite banking uh, strategies, why can they not do this with IUL? Like, let's delve into this right. because that's a really So, all right, so you're trying to get right me in trouble. So I am. <laughs> you're trying to try get me in trouble. So here's the thing. You could do it. It's just Sorry, so let's break it first. And so if there, if y'all go to my YouTube channel, if you search the Practical Well Show, I have a YouTube channel. I have a video with a part of my Kyle Christian called The Truth About IULs, right? So oh, it's, IUL. it's, all right, so there's three types of what life insurance. Let's just go back for? to uh, okay. index universal life, okay? okay? So there's three types of insurance. There's term insurance, and they're just tools. So they're, they're you know, saying I don't like one over the other is like saying I don't like screwdrivers, but I love hammers. So let's, let's start with that. So I'm gonna try to keep, you know, relatively unbiased here. Okay. Even though I am biased, I'm gonna tell y'all right now. So there's term insurance, right? So you're buying the, the, the goal when you're getting term insurance, your goal is the most coverage you can get for the least amount of money for a term, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. And so, and there's nothing wrong with that. All of my clients have term insurance because the, what we teach is something called economic life value. So let's say, uh, if you're 29 like Sabrina, <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so, and, and let's say you make a hundred grand a year, then the insurance company will let you have your annual income times 25, right? So that's how much insurance. So most people are underinsured. First of all, let's just start with that. Before I even get into IBC, are you, are your family protected? Right. And so then we saw for term insurance, I use term insurance for that. Okay. Now the other type of insurance is whole life insurance. So this is called it term and permanent. And then permanent breaks down into whole life, universal life. And then there's three types of universal life. There's variable life, 
which is based on the stock market, which is, is tough because the market fluctuates up and down. And you can literally be underwater with V. It's called VUL. There's fixed universal life. That's what they started out with. You know, that was, um, um, what's the, the company? Um, EF Hutton's answer to buy term investor difference. This is like in the early 80s. And they were putting out these high interest rates wrapped around insurance, but they couldn't maintain the rates. And so those policies started to blow up because the cost of insurance goes up, but the money didn't perform. And I'll go into, I'll tell you why. And then the third one is uh, their next iteration of them trying to fix the problem. Um, and the problem to me is they're blurring the lines between investing and insurance. See, I, to me, if you want to invest, invest. And if you want to insure, I don't, I don't think they should be, because a lot of them are to make money, they're blurring that line and trying to move that line closer together. And I think that's a problem because of how the product is structured. And most agents have no idea how these damn contracts work. And so, um, you want to ask me something before I go on? You, or maybe, I was, maybe I'm about to answer, to ask me the question you were going to say. No, you can keep you going. You can keep, okay. So what happens is it's, it's, it's so what, I, what the reason why we use whole life for infinite banking is because everything in the contract is guaranteed, right? It's 200 years old. It's lasted through world wars, depressions, whatever. And so my philosophy, so we teach a philosophy in our principles-based planning. The third principle is forward placement of, of assets at death guaranteed. So when I say that, that automatically knocks out universal life because there's nothing in a universal life contract that's guaranteed. They have a guaranteed no, interest rate. but I'm, Yeah, so... Nothing. Like See what happens is the in whole life. What do you mean? The guarantee. Well, it's it, they'll show you. I mean, name me a financial product where you go down the list of illustrations. So, okay, in year eleven, you'll have this much money, and this much death benefit. Right. Okay. So there's the economic value of certainty because, see, as a business owner, or if let's say I'm a real estate investor, see, I don't need. All I need is a safe place to store my capital. Okay, I don't need the product to do backflips. Okay, because I'm going to make, you know, 18, 20, 25% cash on cash on my return. You can make infinite returns. You got traders. So you need investing is not about buying something, it's about becoming something. So I personal philosophy is that I don't, there's no, there's no product in my opinion, in of itself, that's going to take you to glory. Okay. It's a tool of implementation. But if I'm looking for tax free retirement out of a product, that's flawed thinking in my mind. I, I view that as risky. So I don't, even with, with the insurance, you know, people say, well, you can, you know, you can put money in, you can pull it out and tax free. I don't like that. I don't teach that. Okay. I know advisors that teach that. I, I want you to develop what I call asset based income. So you use your cash to buy a real thing, a properties, apartment buildings, car on Toro. You know, you're going to make your money with that. All I need is a safe place, credit protected to store my cash. So that's my philosophy. The only thing that does that like it's not guarantee. Down right. So down. now, just to be fair, Universal Life will do that. They have a guarantee. But it's not guaranteed. So, Universal <laughs> Life. Not, so let me, let me. I'll try to keep it simple. It's so, and, and so I would watch the video for a really detailed explanation. I will I'll give it to you. You can link to that it. YouTube yeah. video um, and definitely like and subscribe Curtis's YouTube uh, channel because he's always putting out videos that uh, really break down this process. Um, you know, we could be here for three hours. <laughs> right, right, right. So, all right. So it, I'm going to step with some toes, but let me just tell you my understanding of it. Stomp and uh, <laughs> Right. So what happens is universal life is basically a combination of term insurance and your renewable term insurance and a side fund, whether it's, it's, um, there, the insurance company is buying options to get the S and P and then they'll credit you with an interest rate based upon the cap. So the sale is you get the ups of the market without any of the downside risk because you can't go below zero. So I love that. I love that more in annuities. I like index annuities. I just don't love index life. And I've sold it for five or six years. I know how they work. Okay. And, uh, but once I decided I wanted to do infinite banking, the difference is one of utilization, which is a velocity of using the money, using the policy loans in accumulation, which is 
okay, where well, we're going to do this in a tax-free retirement and the accumulation theory doesn't work, right? Accumulation theory, what's that? Buy and hold, dollar cost average, get out of debt. Um, you know, the rule of 72, the S&P, all of that is hoping that over time the market goes up, okay? Right. But when you look at rich people, I've had dinner with the, with my primary company's the money person, right? $35 billion in their, in their asset portfolio. And you know what they don't do? They don't care about compound interest. They don't worry about dollar cost average. They don't do none of that shit. Sorry, excuse the expression. And, um, and right. Sorry. None of that stuff. <laughs> they don't do any of that stuff, you know? And, uh, and so, so I get a little hype when I talk about this stuff, but I know, I know. what happens is they don't do that. You know what they focus on? Velocity of money. How many times can I turn this money over? They buy real estate. They buy businesses. They make money off of selling the products. Okay. They leverage. And if you look at big uh, uh, banks and, you know, they call their tier one capital or BOLI, bank owned life insurance or Coley, corporate owned life insurance, they buy, that's where they store their capital. They don't put it in, in Wall Street and they want safe money. And so they buy permanent insurance as their tier one capital. So I want to do what they do. That's all I'm saying. Let's do, let's not do the tells do. Let's do what they do. So what happens is internally, the cost term insurance goes up every year. So from zero to 120, you're designed to go to 120. Every year you get older, your mortality charge increases. Okay. So it starts out low. Yeah. Because every year you are, you know, if you're a smoker, your, your eyes are dying faster. If you're female, you live longer. Your rate females rates are lower. If you've got certain ailments. So it's all based on, actuarial science okay right. it's not based on markets it's based on actual so i'd rather be on actuarial science in wall street any day of the week i'm will invest in my expertise okay right. my business my whatever if it's real estate if it's i just can't i was at a notes conference on tax liens this weekend right. you know and so i need money stored somewhere so an opportunity to buy a note comes up boom i got some money that's all i need the insurance to do i don't need it to oh i get 12 percent inside of my insurance tax for all you know i you don't need that in my opinion, that's so if you work with me, we, you know, I, I want certainty. So now the thing is, what the, the cost of insurance is going up. So you're hoping that the money stays ahead of that. Right. Okay. So the, but in term, if you look at a contract, it has to go up. Yeah. The market has to go up. You know, it won't go backwards, but you don't get what I call uninterrupted compounding because if you hit zero, uh, okay, your money didn't go backwards, but your cost of insurance is still rising. So it doesn't matter that much when you're younger. And the key is, so let me not throw it completely under the bus. If you fund it right, mm -hmm. it will work. Okay. But we don't like it for banking, right? If you've maxed out and you say, all right, well, I really like the stock market and you want to be able to capture, uh, uh, you know, you, you know that they're going to look everything to keep the market up because that's where our prep you know they want you to feel wealthy so all right if you want to participate that in the upside that's where i could see a universal life you just have to know you have to be informed and know the risk uh going in that if you don't fund this right it's a possibility it's not going to do what it says it's going to do wow okay so <laughs> i forgot to stop talking and uh this we probably have to do another uh, breakdown or or do a video on it because I have it in the video of how it works. No, so I'm going to include the video so they could also reference it. But you mentioned earlier about policies blowing up. What does that mean? What does that look like? Um, so I've seen. So these are more so with the fix. The universal lives are still too new. There's another thing I like about it. I don't like new stuff. I'm not a, what you call it, early adopter. But I've seen how people. That, how long are how old are? So you the first thinking? universal fixed universal lives came out in like the, I think the first one was like 1981, right? And you were okay. still getting you could still get in like money market accounts and CDs 11 percent, 12 percent. You know, so the, they would illustrate beautifully. Right. When I was doing them, they would show you, you know, you could you could show like eight percent and you could do like two hundred dollars a month. And it would show, oh, you got all this money at sixty five. You can pull out, you know, 40 grand a year tax free. Right. Without the policy running out of money. So they would let you illustrate that stuff. And uh, I remember I had this young guy that was a math teacher. Says, How does that work? You know, and he made me start to look at it. And then, you know, I was, you know, securitized. I kind of lost my religion with the stock market because I, I started to 
I lived through four crashes and I stopped believing that it was just going to work like my wholesalers said it was. I, you know, so that's what I mean. I lost my religion. I stopped just believing all the Wall Street Kool-Aid and um, started move towards from rich dad, poor dad into real things. Right. You, you know, the four asset columns are I mean, the asset categories are business, real estate, paper assets and commodities. Right. And uh, so the key is what we teach our clients is you got to pick a horse and ride it. What do you like? What do you want to learn about? Where do you have some semblance of control? Okay. And so then where we position the, 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 the banking or the whole life as one, you can borrow to buy opportunities to buy or build cash flowing assets, or you can borrow for what we call major capital purchases, which is defined as anything that you can't pay for in full within monthly cash flow, you have to finance it. So then we teach, okay, well, you can be a customer to bank or you can be the bank. So if you've capitalized your system, then you could buy. So I've used mine for tuition for the parents' contribution, car repairs, $2,500 transmission. And I could think one time I'll put a credit card, take a policy loan, pay it off. Um, and so instead of giving the money back to Visa, I recapture the profit, right? So it's a system of cash flow management. So if somebody is selling you a policy, but they won't help you create the amortization schedule, show you how to use it, because it's a utilization strategy, heavy on service, okay? And it's not a set it, you've got this policy, because you can blow it up, right? Because so here's what happens. Let's go back to universal life. Yeah. You can blow it because if you don't pay it back, it's not free money, Okay. And but the just straight universal life. What happens is I've had people they're like sixty ish. I've got one that's like seventy four, and what they're doing they'll either fund it on the minimum payment, and then I'll do an enforced illustration with them. And then what happens is the um, the you'll start to see the cost of insurance. So when you look at the guaranteed column of a universal life, you'll see the expenses. A lot of times they have a nine ten year surrender charge. Most of them, not all of them, but there's ways to waive it. But that's an extra fee. I mean, it's just a lot of stuff going on in there, right? So I don't like that complexity. The, a policy is like a, hundred, a illustration, is like 160 pages. Right. That's the definition of the bold print giveth and the fine print taketh away. You know, you a whole life illustration is like 11 pages, you know, 15 yeah. pages, right? right? And so we want simplicity. But what I've seen is there. A woman called me and she got, yeah, I was, and she's not even my client. I didn't do it, but she was, uh, I used to do Medicare. Her sister's a client of mine. She let my sister needs to talk to you. She doesn't know what's going on with her insurance. So, uh, I look at it. I said, she was telling me about it. I said, wait, is this universal life? Yes. Okay. Let's call the company. So I know the question to ask. So we called the company so I could understand what was going on and I got the illustration. So what happened is she, her policy went from, she was paying like $60 a month and all of a sudden, you know, her costs. So think about this. You're paying $60 a month, but the cost of insurance, the actual cost is like 90. Right. Right. So every month you've got a $30 shortfall. So there's no deals in the insurance. So if the cost of insurance is 90 and you're only paying 60, where's that money coming from? I don't know. The cash value. So what will happen is you'll start to see a decrease in the cash value and then her cash value was just about going. So she got a what I call a premium call from the company or the letter that if she didn't raise her payments up to this level, the policy is going to lapse. And that's why, what I so I've seen that. Why would someone be paying less than the cost of insurance? Because they give you the one of the sales of the universal life is the flexibility. You can pay this payment. You can pay that payment. You know, and so a lot of people are just selling insurance. So they most people sell on price, right? Right, and, and cost. So they want to make a sale. Most, a lot of them won't even be in the business three years from now. And like the, the people I've seen it for the ages, long gone, retired. You know, they were. You know, in the case of some of the MLM insurance things, they're out of the business in six months. You know, they sell a couple policies, four or five to your family. Boom, they're gone. Okay, and. uh I used to get when I was with this other company, I was the beneficiary of that because I had an office, I had a secretary, even in this, you know, insurance meets network marketing thing, I was running a business, right? right? And so the home office would get these calls. And so I was open. My dad used to tell me we had a supermarket. He says, you get your stores got to be open. You can't not be there. So every day I was in my office at nine o'clock and 
they would call me and, and okay. And I would just service the business that people had pretty much left the business. So you got to, one of y'all, you're trying to be in business, open up every day and stay in business. Okay. And, uh, you know, and you got to give your efforts time to compound. We may do another call on this, on this type of stuff because a lot of people. Yeah. So I started, I'll get those calls from people. I've got a lot of clients out there and I, what I do is I, uh, make myself available as a service to my existing clients as a sounding board to you know I, they don't have to be my client but i'll give you 30 minutes and we can talk about whatever you want you know without selling you don't have to be my client to do it a lot of times they become our client but i don't you know if i can solve it in 10 minutes and tell you what to do boom great you know keep me in mind if you need any more help just give me a ring so that's what we try to do so i get a lot of those calls of people how's this work how's this blowing up and we just kind of one of the things that i would tell you to do here's an action step if you're not sure you can call i would call the company maybe not necessarily the agent and i would call the company and i would request is something called an enforce illustration okay so when you buy a policy you have the illustration they use to 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 sell you with right, right? But the enforce illustration, after, you know, after the anniversary, will tell you the performance, what it actually did, where is the money, how did it do, what you know, what you know, what's going on, and so especially if you had it a little while, if you save the original one, because all the illustrations are wrong for even with whole life, right? The guarantee is a guarantee, but if you use it how we teach you, it'll be better than what it showed because you're using it, putting more money in. So just use it as a guide. It's not gospel. Right. But, you know, it's a little more fluctuating because more moving parts with the IUL. So I what I tell people, if I'm going to be nice, Sabrina, I'll say, listen. It's all right there to me, there are different strategies. So when I was doing IUL, there was a it was something out there called tax free retirement. So you're basically using index universal life as a as a big. Roth IRA, like a Roth IRA alternative. Right. It's right. Accumulation. Tony Robbins calls IUL or insurance, but I think he's talking about IUL is the rich man's Roth. Okay. That's still the accumulation theory. But okay. If you're funding it, it should work. Okay. From my IUL is out there. So don't come. If you're pro, you have to properly fund it, but it's not guaranteed. Right. So with whole life, what you pay will guarantee that it'll do what you want to do because everything in the contract is guaranteed. And so the companies uh, shift the risk from themselves back to the consumer. With okay. So, right. So they'll, they'll like show potential higher money. rates. Yeah. They pay agents more money and have yeah. $50 at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Where everything in a whole life is guaranteed. So they're taking all the risk. And so right. a lot of the newer companies, they don't want to hold that risk. They want to, they're, so they're going to, you know, put lipstick on this pig and sell it. They pay the, the insurance marketing organizations more to sell it. Agents make more to sell it. And that's part of the thing. So, so I heard this thing called infinite banking. Well, I get the up to the market with the downside risk. So therefore I, I'm going to take this ability to borrow against insured. It much work better and I make more money. And then there's more companies that are not mutual companies and they have to sell their stuff. So a lot of it's marketing. So some of these are stock companies. So you couldn't actually structure a properly structured policy with them, even if it was whole life, because Uh, I won't say that you could, I would have to look at it. And a lot of times if people have it and they've had it a while and they've got cash value, I don't necessarily blow up their policy. I was like, all right, well, we'll just, we'll, if it's, you've had a while, it's an asset. It's got money in it, and then but you don't know how to use it right. So I'll leave it in place if I'm if I'm working with somebody, and but it's not mutuals are better for this strategy. See, it's not the product; it's the strategy. See, principles. This you know we teach principles based planning. I think we'll end with this. Principles drive strategy, right? Strategy drives tactics. So the principles that we teach. So if y'all have read like the Riches of Man in Babylon. The seven cures for a lean purse. Those are principles, right? The 10 commandments are principles. So these are things that don't change. Our principles are save maximum protection, full replacement of assets at death, six to 12 months of liquidity, 
which most people skip. Like I mostly work with real estate investing business owners and they all want to start with principle five velocity, what they think is investing, but investing is last. Okay. You have to build a foundation. So I teach the principles that help our clients become and remain financially free. See, remain financially free, right? And then strategy. Okay. Infinite banking is a strategy. Okay. I teach something called cash flow mapping. That's a strategy. Okay. Very similar to profit first, if you all read that, which I recommend you read that. And then strategy drives tactics. A tactic is what you do. A tactic is a product that you buy to implement the strategy. Okay. So you, the, the, uh, so we use whole life because it matches up with my principles. Save where the so you have so you can't do infinite banking. You either got to already have some capital or you got to save some capital. So if you people say, "What does it cost?" Wrong question, right? If you make a hundred grand a year, I want you to save fifteen percent of your gross income. Well, how much does it cost? Fifteen thousand dollars. That's fifteen percent of your gross income. You know. So the question is, how much do you want to save? Okay, right. or Sometimes the new people, let's say I want them saving at 15,000. I might only let them start the policy with eight or $10,000 a year. Cause if you don't have any liquidity, I want you to have some money in the bank. Okay. And then, so that's principle. So the banking is built on principle one, save the strategy, right? Is banking. And then the tactic is a properly structured perm dividend paying whole life insurance. Okay. And see if somebody can't articulate that type of framework and they're selling the product and they're showing illustrations. You talk to me, we ain't, I, we don't even get into illustrations because I'm not the insurance man. Okay. It's not well, what company's better. It ain't the company. It's me. It's the coach in all humility. Let me get it. It's like, <laughs> Jay Abraham has a strategy, a, a philosophy called, um, who's a marketing guru, he says, uh, of, of preeminence. So I feel if you're not talking to me, you're not getting the best service you could get. Okay. So because I have clients, I don't have customers. Clients means to put under one's protection. So that's my philosophy. I need to keep you from doing something stupid. I need to keep you right. and, and, uh, and it's your money. So products should be result of your knowledge, not a substitute. For knowledge right and it's be your own banker right so i want to teach you how money works okay and then if you know what's going on you'll know what to do so i want to empower you to think not tell you what to think okay so that's you know what i mean that's that's kind of how the framework of how you back into this stuff so when i talk about the product is literally the last thing we discussed so anyone who's running around up front advertising this not that they're not knowledgeable but maybe you should kind of test them a little bit mm -hmm. and you need to read the book right and you can't well, read the book and send that um, right you can't teach them how to do it oh here read this book you know i mean oh i heard about it i can help you implement it or your cousin at met like whatever you know you can't that ain't if they don't do it like people that do this right this is all we do Right. And a little bit of this, a little bit of that. When I wake up, it's IBC time. That's all I talk about. Can I get a quote for insurance? I don't do quotes. You, I'll help you develop a game plan to become a remain fancy free. Is that what you want? Okay. Because if you don't want to read the book or if you don't want to think, do not call me. Because I can't help you. Okay. Because it's but your you money, not mine. People who don't want to do the work, who don't. Want yeah, don't call me. Educate themselves. I'm gonna tell you, <laughs> that's probably bad. That's that bad. Good marketing, but it's good for my peace of mind, right? And uh, my my patience, and uh, because it's it's I want to empower you to think. So you have to be able to to separate facts from somebody's sales pitch. I think that's really important, not just for this particular topic, but overall, we're going into an era of everyone's pitching their own topic, product, what have you, and everyone thinks theirs is the best. So everyone's running around pitching. So if you can't do your own due diligence, if you really don't know how to think, uh, as you put it, um, you're just really subject to what people are telling you. You have to go along with, you know, their philosophy because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you don't, you can't articulate anything different. Right. And, and you don't know, and you suspect they know, and it sounds good. See, it all sounds good, but all that glares is not gold. 
and see so or or oldest bank in the face (laughs) right and so you you know so i've sometimes i'm cleaning up people's messes you know people's i have people call me and said you know all right i want to get this policy and i how much for a million they think they can borrow for example against the death benefit right so you you put in you know a thousand dollars and you got a half million dollar death benefit and you want to borrow a hundred thousand dollars really you only you you might have six hundred dollars in the policy i mean that's not how it works like there's all these little and people come to me with that stuff oh i want a, a trust and i want to buy insurance to put in the trust i have an episode on that so there's a point where you do the trust you know right. they're good don't take one idea out of context. Right. Right. Because investing and, is a plan. So the, the financial plan precedes the investment or the business plan. What is it that you want and why? And what are you trying to How do you know what you've won? What is financial freedom? And then right. you and just I'll use say these, I was guilty yeah. of that before I met you is I would sit in on a seminar and I would hear something and I would take it back and be like, I heard this, implement this. And then a financial advisor or professional would have to kind of walk me back and, okay, well, this is why this is not for you. But if you're sitting in a seminar and they're talking to you about a broad topic, um, you know, not everything is for everybody. And certain, like, there's levels to this, as Meek Mill would say. (laughs) Like, if you don't have anything to put into a trust what are you spending the money to um to to form a trust for like you don't have any assets right 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 now the insurance can be the funding vehicle this is another topic but you know you can make the trust the beneficiary of the death benefit and so now that makes sure that you know what you want to have happen will happen so you you need to trust as part of your estate planning okay and you know so we talk about how to help people you know i basically what i do is i help people build their power team you know, you need a good estate planner. You need a good accountant. You need a good mortgage person. You know, the stuff that, you know, I know a little bit about a lot, but what I do is I will, I vet and find good people, you know, uh, getting them, making sure they have the proper, I have people had like, you know, a million, $2 million of real estate and they, oh, I got it all in LLCs, but you know, they don't have an umbrella policy coverage to protect them. And so in asset protection, your first line of defense is not insurance, not a limited liability company the emphasis on right. limited right so you know you're you're hearing stuff and you think it's a cure-all and you just got pieces of information and you're still exposed exactly. and that's the kind of stuff i go over with people and so we'll definitely get into those topics but right now i want to finish up with the rainmaker round um and then i'll let you go i know you got people to see um so i just got a few quick questions for you um and i know this first one's gonna be uh really good uh <laughs> Because you are definitely someone who speaks in books. Uh, we'll have a conversation and I'll walk away like, that was so wise. And then I'll read a book and I'm like, did he just take this excerpt and spin I have, it I have no original thoughts. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so what book are you reading right now? Uh, you know, it's funny. I just, somebody mailed me this book from, from LinkedIn. It's called Traction. And, uh, and so now I've got all these books on my list, but I just saw this is okay. I need to get into this because where I'm at mentally is growing and building my business entity. And so that is kind of like, okay, cause that's, that's the stuff I'm dealing with is I'm growing our business is scaling. How do I scale this and that kind of stuff. So right now I literally just, I'm in chapter one of traction that from okay. last night, I got the book yesterday. Perfect. So if someone is trying to scale their business, this would be a good book for them. Regardless. But if you want to learn money, then I would start you with, or you want to learn this banking thing, then Hold go on, to the, the source. Okay. Hold okay. On, all right. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. okay. All right. <laughs> okay. That's what I'm Traction. reading for where I'm at in my business. Yes. Go ahead. Right. Traction is to help you grow and scale your business. If you are in another business, what book would you recommend to someone for this industry to learn about how to become your own banker, how to cut through all the noise that's out there and how to properly educate yourself about what this concept is and what it's not. What book would you recommend for that? So I, here are my favorite ones. I'll give you that different level. So uh, my first beginning level, just to get the concept and the mentality, because it's really how you think is the start with the source. Always start with the source, become your own banker by R. Nelson Nash. Uh, he's got, he's got three building your warehouse to wealth. And he's got the case for IBC written by him, Carlos Lara and Bob Murphy. And that was more so for business owners. 
okay, to how to do it, how to develop an alternative source of financing so that you're not getting caught up in personal guarantees and that kind of stuff. And then I'll add a bonus one, which is I know the author of this one personally, Money for Life, How to Thrive in Good Times and Bad by Jeffrey Reeves. Okay, so that's that's a pretty good start for anyone and everyone who should be educating themselves. Don't just like even with Curtis, don't just take him at his word, properly vet what he's saying as well. And I think you would agree. Don't just go along with any coach. You know, you want to you want to understand what they're coaching you on. Like you want to understand the plays. If you're calling out plays and I don't understand them and I'm just going along and going them along, I don't understand why we won the game and I don't understand why we lost the right, game. Right, right. And that's that's the, the the principles, right? Why what what is the why? You know, most right. people are tactical. They just want to do the thing and they're not strategic and they don't really have a philosophy about business, about money, about anything and then you just right. go into what feels good or what's the the hot topic of the day and you're just bouncing around from thing to thing to thing yeah exactly what is your favorite quote for someone who speaks in quotes <laughs> Ooh, uh i have so many and now i'm going blank on that um <laughs> i heard i heard this thing by um that I, i'm getting putting out on my wall it's by garrett white and he goes uh I, I have this thing i saw it in one of his books this is i'm a leader i'm a marketer i'm a closer i'm a leader not a savior i love that right that's you know because i you know i would have save not savior complex but i would see myself as a financial social worker but all i can do is lead you to water i can't make you drink and you can't right. push a rope so i had to back off off of my oh they're, they're they just need to get it, you know, because that's, right. that's, it's like beating your head against the wall. I don't have time for that. You know, I tell people if you're happy broke, I'm happy for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> Maybe that's a quote, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, I like that as a quote. If you're happy broke, I'm happy for you. And everyone should take that and apply that to their business more so in that, if this product or service is not right for you, then that's fine. You shouldn't be mm -hmm. convincing people. Yes. You know? Yes. And, and I won't convince people. I have people like that. Ah, you're not ready for this yet. You know, so let's, let's do this. Here's some homework and let's, uh, let's revisit this in three months or six months. So I won't, you know, let you, so don't worry about Curtis. You call Curtis. If I don't think you're ready, I won't let you do it. It's not something you get talked into. Right. Yeah. And I, I like that about, uh, your, your coaching and leadership. Um, what's something you learned the hard way that you are the most grateful for? You're grateful. Uh, I learned one is to pay myself first. So I grew, I had a brick and mortar business. So I had to worry about, you know, I had to pay I had to, my staff, got to get paid, got to do this and that. And it would be nothing left for Curtis at the end of the month. This is in, a, in our bar business. I had old timers in a bar business. So listen, if you make, you know, $400 on your day shift and, you know, $600 on your night set, you need to take $50 out of each because of cash, like put an envelope, stick it in the back of your safe. And that's gone. You just deal with whatever you have to deal with with that. So now I've learned that in my business from, from Profit First, helped me organize a system of how to do it. And then I literally pay myself 15, 20% of every check I get goes into profit and separate from the payroll I pay myself. So that just organizing that thought process is life changing. Because you have to tell your money where to go instead of asking where it went. That's I love a that as a too. quote. Too. I, I told you, you speak in quotes. Okay. And last of all, how can the audience get more inf information from you? How can they follow you? How can they work with you? Um, so go to, so I have a, a site, practicalwealthadvisors.com. Okay. And on there is a little tab that says apply to work with Curtis. Uh, if you are on IG, you can follow me on Instagram and I have a, uh, uh, what's that thing called? A, a link tree link with the links to all my stuff, you know, so the show, listen to the shows and, and the YouTube channel, if you're not ready to talk to me, I don't expect people ready to, to do that, but I, I put a lot of stuff out there to teach people how to think, you know, and how stuff works. And I interview with the podcast, you know, the theme is kind of wealth outside of wall street. So what can you do? 
what, what I just this to give you ideas. I don't give investment advice, right? So the podcast is a good way to follow me. And then if it if the urge strikes you, then you know, reach out and uh and also you can text um for I have a report called the uh creating wealth using the velocity of money, right? So velocity is key. Infinite banking is a velocity strategy, right? So uh text P wealth, all caps, one word, P wealth to five five four four four. And um, that will um, will get you that report out. It also puts you on our, our email list to keep. So you're uh, you know, we're starting to do a lot of webinars and stuff, live events if you're in the area. And, um, you know, we'll put you on a list. You might get a call from uh, I shouldn't tell you this, my assistant just to offer you the, the free consultation. Uh, if that's your, and feel free to say no. We still love you and just stay on the list. And, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Another quote. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I do. Right. <laughs> you speaking quotes. Um, you got to get me talking. I don't remember. You can't ask me what quote do you, you know, but uh, yeah. We are going to put all your links. Curtis does host a really great uh, podcast called the Practical Wealth Show, um, which is on all the podcast platforms as well as YouTube, right? You have your yep. episodes on yep. YouTube. Yep. Goes Errol's going to lose YouTube. Yeah. Live or, or, or the, uh, the audio. Yes. Yeah, so um, we'll post your YouTube page because there is a wealth of information that, you know, to educate yourself, you should definitely, definitely start going through this information so that you are an educated consumer, not just being swayed by bad financial products that may or may not work in old age. Yep. All right, so I hope this cleared some stuff up about the concept of infinite banking for everyone um there will be a part two episode we will get that <laughs> scheduled because uh you know curtis has like i said we could be here all day i could just pick his brain about a bunch of different topics <laughs> and i have a right agents don't call me i don't feel like debating i don't have the energy for that so do what you do i don't <laughs> care okay and uh, but if you're a client and you're confused, you can call me. I don't want to have an age debate on why this is better. I, I'm going to tell you right now. I just I don't have the energy. You know, a man convinced against his will is of the same opinion. Still, here's another quote, right from uh, I think it's from uh, Dan, Dale Carnegie. But so I don't try to convince. Educate yourself because nobody convinced me. I was doing IUL. you well. I started to understand how infinite banking worked. I'm a nerd. I read. And I was like, OK, this is different. And I'm going to say that took me like six months. I mean, it wasn't like, oh, I got it. You know, so you, you know, you have to, uh, you have to come to it yourself. Otherwise it's not going to work. So I don't try to convince people. Fair enough. Fair enough. And I like that even more because you have to go to the source research and come to your own conclusion basically to uh, even work with you. Yeah. Yeah, All exactly. Right. Sounds good. Until next time. Um, We'll pick up on another topic, um, but thank you so much for joining us today. Um, you definitely cleared a lot uh, up for uh, everyone who might have been on the fence or may have heard, you know, an Instagram live and thought, oh, well, let me dump my money into this. Like they're, you know, just educate yourself in everything that you do. Right. Right. That, you, you're saying that just brought up another thing. We'll do like it's not a one off. So you can't dump your money in and it's done. OK, so. Uh, but anyway, we'll get into that. Thank you so much for having me and, you know, letting me vet, get me in trouble. But, you know, I can take trouble <laughs> because, see, if you're speaking the truth, you don't really worry about it. So I know what I'm saying is truth and I can prove it seven ways to Sunday. OK, but I'm going to make you prove it because I'm going to give you the homework. And so now you'll know. And now our conversation will be better. So that's the most important thing. Uh, like I said, I always tell you, it's your money. It's not Curtis's money. Curtis is just the guide. Right? You're, the You're guide, Luke. Not the savior. Right. You're Luke. I'm Obi-Wan. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm Yoda. Right. And uh, so, but you're Luke. You're the hero. You got to go through the trials and do your stuff. So I'm just going to be there as the, as the guide. So that's, that's it. So that's how I view myself, you know, as really the guide to ask you questions to help you think through your problems. Perfect. All right. Well, I'll let you uh, get to your clients. I'm sure you have a bunch of meetings today helping helping the good folks. I do. I'm 15 minutes late right now. But I know. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. But thank you so much for staying. We went a little All right. All right. Bye.
Always a pleasure talking to you. So we'll, we'll, we'll thank you guys. Hopefully this helped and uh, do your research and um, stay out for that part two episode. It's, you know, we'll have a different topic, but you will be sure to learn a lot. This has been an Alive podcast production.